All right, cool. So, yeah, when, when you mentioned about me hooping with gym rats, when I told you, you know, I would drive some of the players and, you know, take right. them to practice where they got to go, you was like, right. you mentioned a couple of the guys, which was Trey Lyles and, and Devontae Smith-Rivera. That was crazy. Oh, yeah. Because cause the thing is, like, I was sitting there, like, and, you know, you referenced that uh, 2021 Geico. And I'm thinking, you know, all right, I've seen, you know, you know, of course, a few of the Paragon people and, you know, haven't met everyone at that point, you know, coming out of COVID. But I had met, you know, I felt like, you know, a good amount of people. And uh, when I first saw that guy, I'm like, man, I know this dude from somewhere. You know, you get kind of get that feel, especially as right. a hooper. You know, hooper plenty of people all over the world. So it's kind of like, hey, I don't know where I could have seen him, but I know I've seen him before. And, you know, of course, everybody gets a little bit older. That was, what, 10 years later, he said, because right. I was covering your games in 2011. Yeah. Um, so I was like, man, I know I've seen this guy before. So when, you know, when you told me when we first were talking uh, last weekend and you mentioned, you know, India, I was like, it came to me immediately. And I remember that team with y'all on it because y'all had a good mob that year, man. Yeah, don't tell too many team. people. They they uh, they uh, they forget about when it was only 17 in EYBL. And I will tell yeah. some of the guys from – you know, Nike administration that you guys only gave out a hoodie and a yep. backpack. And it was by far one of my best memorable moments playing grassroots because we didn't know the magnitude of what EYBL is now. Right. And the fact that you knew that says a lot about your history of grassroots basketball and, and beyond. So I thought that was really dope when you shared that. I actually text my coach and told me someone from legit stats, uh, remember, our era of, of EYBL. Oh, without a doubt. And honestly, I'll tell people all the time, in my opinion, you know, of course, you know, I'm an old timer and I was there, you know, in the original days, but I'm like, that was the best era to me. And I know yeah. that, you know, like I said, I, I could be biased. Um, I was the youngest member on the staff of the EYBL statistics team at that point. And I remember thinking, you know, wow, I'm in college. These guys are about to be in college too. And I just felt like, you know, no one knows what we're seeing. I'm telling my friends back home, you know, I'm watching Jabari, I'm watching Julius Randle. Like, these are kids. Who cares? And I'm like, I know they're kids right now, but I'm telling you, in a couple years, this is going to be the future of the league. Anthony and basketball Davis. is going to be in a really good place. Anthony, Anthony Davis, Davis, like I said, Austin uh, Rivers. Akil Carr, who was the crime yep. stopper, you know. Yeah. Um, I had the pleasure of playing against Harrison Barnes. A lot of cats don't remember right. Harrison Barnes. Um, Aaron Gordon. Who plays yep, for Aaron Denver. Go oh my God. Uh, Aaron Gordon was going crazy as a young boy. And and the era of of and I want you to talk about that too, about the the era of highlights. But before we dive in, I just want to give some context about you know who Marcellus Bowie is, what is legit stats, and, and you're a guest on the Duan Moreau podcast. I believe this is episode 202. So I'm honored and 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 blessed to have you on at short notice because we just connected formally in Vegas. So facts, thank you. Facts, facts. I appreciate it. Nah, likewise, and I appreciate you having me on when you asked me to come on. I'm like, I'd be honored, like I said. So uh, my name is Marcellus Bowie. I'm, you know, like I said, uh, CEO and owner of Legit Stats. We started back in 2013, and prior to that, uh, I worked for Nike EYBL as a statistician. Uh, I went to Virginia State University. I was there, you know, for my four years, and then once I graduated, like every other college student, I was like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do in this real world, but, you know, I realized that I knew how to do stats. Um, while I was on the EYBL circuit, there would be times when, you know, a lot of people would come to me and ask me, hey, what did you think about this game? Or, you know, can we get the stats for this one? I'm like, I'm seeing exactly what they, you know, what I said to them in NBA Draft.net or, you know, in somebody else's blog or, you know, a guy that I just watched 
rise, you know, three, you know, 30 spots in the rankings. So I'm kind of like, you know, maybe I should just kind of stick with this stats thing. Uh, ended up starting with just stats in 2013, shortly after graduating, and have been running that since. And we're just a company providing live stats and analytics for a different number of sports, uh, wide range of sports, including basketball uh, and Geico Nationals and this Nike EYBO Scholastic League. So why, it was great stats? to connect with you in Vegas. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, why, why but, stats? So, I don't I don't know many people, you know, from our background, right? Being African American right. in the in the analytical department, right? Because we necessarily right. are hooping, right? And right, and so, exactly. Um, when you told me your background and, and your mission and you the one that's pressing the numbers, how did that come about and, and why stats? So when I first started, um I was a I was a sophomore at Virginia State and like anybody else, I'm kind of like just, you know, floating around college that freshman year. Who knows what's going on? And my father had a friend that had, I guess, had a had a radio show that kind of covers this CIAA. We were in the CIAA conference, HBCU conference on the East Coast, um, and covered the conference, a kickoff tournament or a kickoff event, like just for the football season, just saying, all right, hey, you're going to be the preseason teams, all that kind of stuff. He connected me with the SID at our university. From there, the SID from our university, you know, connecting with our graduate assistant, graduate assistant say, I'm going to teach you stats out of nowhere. I don't know why he thought that. Um, I'd always like basketball cards. I was always a kid playing NBA Live and 2K, making all the trades, looking at players' stats and, you know, what I, what I thought they were going to be in the future. And then just came down that the graduate assistant said, I'm going to teach you stats. Taught me stats. Um, from there, I parlayed that into a job a year later with the Nike UIBO. Um, and it just seemed like it was an enjoyable experience for me. I was a junior in college, senior in college. And of course, you know, like you said, back then in the EYBO, it was only us and y'all and the coaches right. in the gym. Right. It wasn't, you know, it was college coaches there too, but mm -hmm. it wasn't like it was all this hoopla that it is today. So yeah, I just really, I just really enjoyed that. I thought it was, you know, a great experience to be able to just be in the gym, you know, flying around the country, watching basketball and getting paid well to do it. How, how do you sit there? So I asked someone like, before I knew that it was you. So like, how do you, are you doing the stats or someone's telling you about what's going on during the game? Like, how are you that efficient with the numbers? So honestly, it's really all coding. Um, while I was in college, that graduate assistant um, named Jason Pompey, I'll never forget him, changed my life. Uh, he taught me how to code. And so essentially there's a code that you're typing in as every action happens. So, you know, if there's an assist, you're typing A, the player's number. Um, and the same thing for every stat that comes, you know, comes across the court. So as everything is happening, we're able to watch the game and type out exactly what's happening in the game. And, you know, essentially once that's done, we're able to spell out the numbers, you know, a few seconds after that. How many, how many staff members do you have? We've got 13 as of now. 13. All full-time yeah. employees or? or uh, not all full-time employees. Uh, uh, mostly 1099. Uh, a few full-time employees, but mostly 1099. Wow. How how does that make you feel knowing that you you have this business going and you're very well respected and you just went out to Vegas to see NBA you saw the highest level of high school basketball and with your journey leading up to now how does that make you feel when you just wake up and re and reflect on you know the mission you've been able to accomplish and continue to accomplish honestly every morning you know, I feel great I mean of course I always feel like I have a lot more to accomplish right but I always tell people I remember when I first started out. Uh, 2013. I'm like, you know, who knows what you know? How this is gonna work? I think I'm just gonna work with high school programs. Uh, and there are probably about 212, 221, something like that, 
programs in the DMV where I'm from. So I moved back to DC, DC metropolitan area. I sent an email to every uh every boys and girls varsity coach. And I only got three responses. And I wow. always tell people that. Like, so to be here now, you know, I really appreciate it because I remember when everybody's like, why do we need stats? You know, stats, who cares about stats? Right. And one was from my JV basketball coach at Bishop O'Connell. One was from the varsity bishop uh bishop uh one from the varsity basketball coach at Bishop O'Connell. And then another was somebody at another school saying, please take me off this email list. So I remember starting out and, you know, and, you know, the, the rest were unanswered. So I remember starting out that way and, you know, kind of getting here. I always appreciate and I always appreciate everybody that does indeed appreciate the stats and the service. How has social media been pivotal for your business and, and monetizing what you've been able to try to put out, you know, to the sports community? Um, honestly, Twitter has been great. Twitter was really, you know, really what kind of gave us a boost in the early, you know, in the early start because it was always hard to find stats, even from those EYBL games. I'd be like, I'm here at the game. And after the game, if I didn't look at the stat sheet, I don't know where they where they went. Right. And so I always realized that I'm like, well, there's a lot of players that slip through the cracks simply for that exact reason. So as I, you know, started out, I was like, you know what, we, we should kind of utilize Twitter and put some stat sheets there and kind of tweet about who had some of these great performances. Um, where I'm from outside of the DC metropolitan area in Sterling, Virginia, we're kind of like a suburb that's maybe about 45 minutes away. So if, you know, a lot of times if it wasn't on social media, um, it wouldn't make it into the newspaper. So right. I feel like, you know, that was really important for us, you know, to kind of put things on Twitter so that at least, even if it wasn't, you know, received well initially it could at least be an archive that we could point back to to say hey this is what this player did and I, i've always you know kind of you know looked at that as a uh, one of our staples how important is like reputation for you your brand and, and business to continue to you know progress and move forward man it's it's everything um our name is legit stats so if we mess up you know there's plenty of times somebody say hey these stats are legit and it's like, oh, man, you know, yeah. it's like a shot right in the chest. So, right. you know, no one wants to have to deal with that. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely everything. Uh, because a, sure lot of small business, a lot of small businesses who start, you know, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur, right? Everyone wants right, their name right, out right. there and that overnight success. And, you know, that's why I wanted to see the the value of having a great rep. Like I was an independent contractor freelancing, but they right. knew that Rico provides a great product. Uh, he's well-mannered. He's very respectful. Um, yep. And he knows how to navigate challenges. And that's why I was like, for you to get here, your reputation kind of presented itself to people to like bring you on board to help run a successful event. Oh, for sure. And I mean, at the same time, you know, you're well aware, especially in basketball. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you know, our community is very small. Like yeah. the fact that you're from Indiana and I remember you like it was yesterday. You know, I right. could, number one for speed. I remember yeah. like it was yesterday. Yeah, so fact. I, appreciate I, I think that. that, you know, that that reputation, like you said, just your, you know, you're saying the you know, same thing for yourself. If you were a bum, I'd be like, yeah, I remember you. You you ain't never played. Like, right. So, you know, our reputation is everything, especially in, you know, this basketball world. It, it is. And I always tell my cohort, they one of my coworkers asked me because they never see me hoop. Right. They heard about it. Right. Because right? you do any research on a new employee. And so they were like, hey, would you take one on one? Could you be Cooper Flag one on one? And I, and I said with with confidence and I was like, yeah, I could. Right. Just because the way I play and the way he plays, like I would make right. his life hell. Right. 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 The one on ones early on is much different than the one on ones now. 
And oh, that's, yeah. And that's the confidence that I have because the players that I played against were – I want Cooper Flag is, is a great player, but I think what I saw over the weekend, that's the Cooper Flag that's going to play in college. That's a good point. The, the 15 against Link, the 13 the next game. The yep. plays he did was – Hell of a lot of great winning plays, but that's him. Yes, yes. He's, he's not going to really demand the ball. He's not really going to try to go out his way to do too much because he's on the scouting report. But that's the, yep. the, the Cooper flag that I see going into college basketball and the pros is a really great role player. Right. And the thing is, a really great role player, which can turn you into an all-star potentially yeah. because we can argue about it. And I'd ask somebody else, like, Hey, you know, what was it like watching Scotty Barnes? Because I've watched Scotty Barnes on TV, but I never saw him up close. But I can right. see those same kind of intangibles. And, right. You know, just playing hard can get you 18 points some games. Right. And, you know, could average 18, 18, 8, you know, five assists potentially, um, a, a block or two. You know, and that's a really good stat line and a really good career. You'll have, you'll play, make millions of dollars that way. So there's nothing to be ashamed about. But at, at the same time, it's good with a lot of these guys to be able to put their skill set and, you know, ceiling into perspective because it's easy to just say, oh, he's going to be the greatest, right. great, 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 you know. So it, it is it is important that we do, you know, kind of look at, you know, the upside and the potential, you know, realistic ceiling that they do have. I saw him get a putback. I remember like it was yesterday. I remember the putback he got, mm -hmm. the, the pick and roll that he finished. He knocked down a pick and pop three from the corner. This was at the T-Mobile he caught yep. a because Robert Wright from Montvert's a hell of a PG, and he yep. sets his teammates up for success. But nothing more than that, right? He's like the 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 white version of a Trevor Ariza, right? Right. <laughs> that, right. That's how I view him. And Trevor Ariza is a, a max player that made a lot of dope playing the game. Yes. Um, and that's where I see Cooper Flag ceiling moving forward because that that scouting report is no joke. But I did love Trey Johnson's game. And oh my God. Sales, you saw a lot of basketball, but he was one of the guys that if I had to crown MVP from his T-Mobile performance, <laughs> win or lose, it, it would have been Trey Johnson. What he did in front of the scouts in a neutral facility yep. from Nike scouts, NBA executives, and to play like he was just playing at a rec game was was pretty dope to see. From a oh yeah, he kept he he kept a minute, and then not only that, but he had a you know a pretty good game the next day as well. But right. at T-Mobile, you know that like you said, that NBA arena, the basket seems like sometimes it's a million miles away. Right. Um. He 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 played amazingly well, and it's just like it, sometimes I you know I get nervous about him because it's almost like does his scoring win ball games? Almost right. similar to you know a guy like Brad Beal, who you yeah. know another name from the EYBL circuit does. Does it always translate to winning? But at the same time, everybody needs a, a guy that can score, like right. no matter what. And I can see him scoring against anybody, and that's just who he's going to be no matter what. So you think, you I remember watching a, him last year. You think uh, I remember watching him last year in Dallas. Player? Uh, I do think – I think that he – I think that he is a ball-dominant player, but, I, but I've seen the transition between this year and last year in Dallas at that Hoops Giving event. Mm -hmm. And the difference that he's had this year playing with a, a point guard, a, a higher class of point guard. And the right. fact that he can be off the ball, you know, maybe curl off the screen, take one dribble and score. Or maybe just be almost like a catch and shoot guy when right. it comes down to it. And it's almost like, you know, when I saw that over the course of Utah, 
And, you know, this past weekend, I'm like, oh, this guy, you know, really could be one of those guys. And that's more of what I expected to see last year. But, I, you know, I understand some of these guys, you know, when they're playing at public schools or against, you know, AAU ball, um, you, you may not see their full skill set because they may have to do more. Right. Um, that may not be what it's going to be in college when they're playing against playing with four others that are just as talented as them. So I, um, I, I love LeBaron Philon from Link. Oh, my God. He's and he's a dog. He He's from the South. And I used to hire a freelancer to cover his games. And it used to be like sold out. And he would be getting triple team, double team, doing whatever he wanted to do. And I, I'm happy that Nike put this circuit together where you got guys like LeBaron to see what he could do with other talented athletes on the floor. And I, and I appreciate his game, man, because he's a dog and and much respect to him and, and his, the future of his basketball career. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And it's always interesting because, like you said, with circuits like these, there are a lot of guys that may be from the South. And one that pops into my mind, I remember watching Archie Goodwin. And I remember oh. no one really knew him coming into yeah. the scene. It was just a guy. And I'm like, Arkansas Wings? Arkansas Ar Wings. Yeah. I'm like, yo, this dude is putting up numbers every game. I'm looking at the rankings, A-something. You know how the rankings go right. anyway. But I'm like, man, this guy is killing every game. And so, you know, I always feel like that, especially about guys in the South, just from smaller areas, you don't get a chance to really see them maybe on the big stage as much. So I was kind of curious to see what he was going to bring. But every game that I've seen LeBaron, he's been arguably, if not the best player on the court, the second or third best player on the court with a bunch of studs on his own team. Um, and on the opposition team. So, I, yeah, I he, he's amazing. Guys like him and Robert Wright, you know, I could watch him every day. Um, every game. Every, every, every game he facilitates. He's the engine. I was actually going to put, like, an all-assist highlight together. Okay. Like all the play that would be cool. All the playmaking ability of Rob Wright because he's just the floor general. Yes. And he communicates. The other player that I had a privilege of just driving him to practices – doing his own tape, you know, having a relationship with his family was Jeremy Fierce. Wow. And, and watching a floor general, that's how I compare Rob Wright because Jeremy would tell players where to go. He yep. would look forward to the competition of playing against Dewan Wagner. Uh, yep. He would look forward to playing any guard that they thought that was better than Jeremy, and Jeremy couldn't wait to just say, I'm going to lock this guy up. But Rob Wright gives me those vibes, and I could watch him every day, man. It was It was a pleasure. It's interesting you mentioned Jeremy Fairs because I remember, you know, like I said, when they uh, first started NIBC before, you know, it was this league per se. Um, and it was just a group of coaches, you know, essentially from the highest level schools in the country that said, hey, we need to continue to play. We need to figure something out. And they were all at the St. James uh, in January of 2021. And Jeremy was going into, I guess, was a sophomore at that point and at La Lumiere. And, you know, they were playing a game and it was almost like, as I can't remember who they're playing, maybe Sunrise Christian with Kennedy Chandler. And the coaching staff, he had made a couple of turnovers and they said, hey, it doesn't matter that you're a sophomore. I said, whoa, this kid's a sophomore? And it was like he was playing well beyond his years, but he was just one of those point guards that just knew the game, was not scared of anyone, and, you know, was always ready to compete. And you kind of see that playing out now at Michigan State. But at that point as a sophomore, I was like, wow, he's going to be, you know, everything that they say he is. Oh, yeah. Like every – when he came over, you know, I made a promise to myself as a creator to – not only build a relationship with him personally, but let him know like some of these like five stars, like I hoop, right? So I'm not right. like just a fan with you in the whip. Like I'm gonna right, just right, you, right. Like, <laughs> hey, know your worth because you guys could get dough now, right? Right. But, like 
I'm going to just try to give you as much advice as possible. Like I had offers eighth, ninth grade. <laughs> so the right. fact that you top rank, like I had Marcus Teague as a point guard and none right. of you guys is nowhere near Marcus Teague, like, <laughs> even to this day. And Marcus Teague used to be that dominant. Him and Deshaun Thomas were oh my, God. my teammates. Deshaun Thomas was Diesel, Mr. Basketball. And I right. watch him, just him and Marcus Teague, just a duo where I was just baseline. My job was to play defense on their best player, be a great role player, be in the dunker spot, and make sure that I receive Marcus Teague passes. Right. Uh, but I understood my role. That's why I thought we were pretty successful yeah, in, in the heat at the time. Uh, so it's always a privilege when I do come across these five stars athletes when I have that one on one. But every game that he had or event when he played with us, I made sure I put a, a full highlights together after okay. YBL session. That's that's dope. And, and, you know, being you know, being that you said that, like you said, you played with these guys. Right. How do you feel? I've been meaning to ask, yeah. especially since I thought, how do you feel about the fact that so many guys don't play 17s anymore? Um, you know what? It's uh adjusting to the landscape of just grassroots okay. and and just how how things are. I mean, I've been very fortunate to see this this game change from players getting paid. Rankings matter. Um, right. kids reclassifying, which reclassifying right. wasn't a thing when we were coming. It up. wasn't. So you know, I just gotta take it with a grain of salt, but. I think it's best just how times continue to evolve. Um, I think it's great that kids get dough, um, just right. for lack of better words. But um, the talent isn't the same when I play. Right. Um, but for what it is, I'm always adapting to the change. And a lot of people don't like change. Like if right, you would have right, kept right. the 17s, you probably wouldn't see EYBL evolve to be the premier exclusive grassroots circuit to play in. So, right. you know, I think it benefits all of us because we got jobs covering the EYBL, not just That's 17s. Um, and to see Nike spot out these top players, you know, courtesy of Paragon, right? Paragon right. in the mix of things and allows us to work these events. Um, I think right. it's a beautiful thing to see because the Vegas, if you was a basketball junkie, man, you you really appreciated what you saw. Uh, exclusive oh, access um, and to sit front row with my camera, I never look at it like a job when they ask me, like, you know, how did Vegas go? I'm like, if you complain, you know, it shows a lot about who you are, but I was in basketball heaven in Vegas. Yep. I tell people all the time, you know, it's not, you know, of course, you know, like I said, it is a job, you know, but there aren't many days that I really feel like, you know, I've worked and I've yeah. gone to work in my life. You know what I mean? Right. I'm like I said, it is a job. And of course, you know, it does take a lot of work ethic and grind. Like I told you that yeah. you know, no one was really messing with us, you know, and, you know, years ago, 10 years ago per se. But at the same time, you know, I, I appreciate every day and I never, you know, take it for granted. If I do, I try to remind myself, like I said, there were only three people that responded to that email, you know, 10 years ago. So enjoy and appreciate all these opportunities and Vegas was amazing you know yeah. I wasn't a big fan like a lot of people right. you know, of the in-season tournament early on right but you know as time went on and what, what, did, you, what did you think about the in-season tournament getting the chance to yeah. go to that championship game man it was one of the dopest experience to see Bron up close and personal like I've seen him in passing but to see him play and the game right. that I saw up close was the game where he scored 30 points he shot almost 60% from the field of two, 75% right. from three. And that's why stats are important because yep. you can tell a player about his productivity looking back at his stat. Yep. And a witness, one of his 
best performances out of his catalog that will be stapled and the witness that uh, yep. was a huge blessing man and um i'm glad i got some of that on my iphone because i'm gonna put Thanks. that in my, my photo dump and one of the guys that i look up to and watch his instagram to see how to post was lethal shooter wow and, that's and crazy we, and we chopped it up because you know i don't want to post that like i don't want to seem like i'm coming off bragging but i look at right. lethal shooter page and i watch how he posts and i was like man if he's there and he's posting i i gotta post you know to some context that i was there uh right. with the meaningful context of i'm i'm fortunate to be in this space and he's one of the guys that i look at from a personal standpoint of how to monetize my personal instagram <laughs> That's not, that, that's a great, that's a great yeah. uh, role model per se in that sense. And I, I, I kept thinking the same thing. It was awesome because like I said, our credentials got us in. And right. so we walked in there, you know, we were just down there on the floor, just watching the game. And it was interesting because, you know, there are guys that, you know, we've watched playing Geico, like, you know, uh, Hutch Fino and, you yeah. know, Jarris Walker. And as you know, we're on the bench, we're standing, we're just standing behind the Pacers bench, watching the game. And Jarris turns around. I was like, yo, what's up? I'm like, What's up? Like, yeah, so I'm like, yeah. just those kind of things. And I've watched Jared since he was in fifth grade uh, growing up playing basketball in the D.C. area. So I'm like, you know, like you said, those are things that you'll never forget. So I, I'm really appreciative of the opportunity. And I think the in-season tournament was great. And I'm I'm looking forward to, you know, even if I wasn't a part of it, just watching that grow and being able to say that I was at the first one, I'll never forget it. Dope. Last, last question uh, before we wrap up. We're coming short here on yeah. time. Um, what advice would you give to someone that's wanting to be in our space and shoes and, you know, want to make this a full-time job, what advice would you give that person um, to navigate their challenges? Um, the biggest thing that I always say is you got to believe in yourself. And I always tell people, if I would have believed in myself, I feel like I would have been a lot further. Um, it's easy to kind of, you know, just run with the no's that you hear because you're probably going to hear more no's than yeses. Um, but at the same time, you know, believe in yourself and your ability, continue to improve. Um, for me, that was always doing research. Um, I, I did a lot of research in terms of finding out the best events, um, remembering players. That's why, you know, I can remember your name because I used to have that little Nike EYBL book and yeah, I would salute. look at everybody's name, go through all of the rankings, just so I would be aware um, of the position that you have, the space that you're in. And, you know, always be respectful, always try to be as professional as possible. And, you know, it's kind of crazy to think how many, you know, thank yous and, you know, just being respectful with how far that will take you and how, how many people will remember you based on that because so many people aren't. And, you know, it's almost like these are the little things, but those little things really, really go a long way. And I'm, I feel like I'm hearing more about, you know, those taking people a long way further than the talent that they may have or somebody having a photographic memory or any of those kind of things. So, yeah, believe in yourself, be respectful, um, you know, make sure you're on time, like I said, professional, and I feel like the opportunities will always continue to present themselves. Episode 202, CEO, Marcellus Bowie, Legit Stats. Thank you, bro, for, for gracing the podcast. And uh, I'm looking forward to having another one with you very soon. Nah, thanks a lot, man, for having me on. And uh, yeah, looking forward to catching up with you uh, hopefully sometime soon.